love you for it. We thank you for it. And just pray your blessing upon this service tonight, Lord. Let it be a great reminder of all the supernatural stuff that took place. <laughs> In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Hallelujah. Um, I'm just, I just want to reflect a little bit um, on how much prophecy has been fulfilled. Amen. You can keep the music going. Um, in Isaiah 55, 11, we're talking about a little bit about the prophecies tonight. Um, Isaiah 55, 11, this is something the Lord talks about his word. When he says something, he means it, right? We know that God doesn't lie, right? And so Isaiah 55, 11, he says, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that which I please, and it will prosper for the thing to which I've sent it. So when God prophesied through his prophets over 600 years before Jesus' birth, and that's just Jesus' birth. That's not concerning his life, his burial, his resurrection, everything. This is just concerning his birth. There were so many prophecies as I was studying. Um, he made sure to make it good, to watch over it and make sure that it happened just as he had said. And um, God only ever says what he means and means what he says. Amen. Aren't you glad he doesn't go back on his word? So even though sometimes we grow impatient, um, <laughs> let patient, patience have its perfect work. Um, sometimes we grow impatient, but, but he always fulfills his word. In Jeremiah 1.12, he says, I will watch over my word to perform it. In other words, don't worry about it. Just if he said it, that settles it. Believe it beyond a shadow of a doubt. And so as I was thinking about these two scriptures and thinking about the fact that there's so many prophecies that prophesied the Lord Jesus' birth. Um, and so I just want to reflect on a few of those and then show you, you know, I, I, got to, I was looking at the prophecies, then I was looking at the actual, the outcome and how he watched over it and performed it. In Isaiah 7, 14, Isaiah said, Look, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, a virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That was given hundreds of years before the actual birth of Jesus. So then many, many, many years later, the fulfillment of this scripture takes place. And God watches over his word to perform it and sends an angel, not just to Mary, because Joseph needed some reassuring. <laughs> and, um, and he sends this angel to both of them to, to give them this word once again, the same way it had been given over 600 years previous. It's so supernatural. In um, Matthew 1, verses... Um, 18 through 23 it says concerning Jesus birth this is how Jesus the Messiah was born his mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph but before the marriage took place while she was still a virgin she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit Joseph to whom she was engaged was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly so he decided to break the engagement publicly. As he considered to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. 
All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet Isaiah. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Often when we celebrate Christmas, we don't really think about the fact that we're celebrating the fulfillment of God keeping his word. And with that being said, we're going to look at just a couple other fulfillments of, of words he has spoken, but we need to keep in mind that all the other words that have been fulfilled and all that will be fulfilled. Amen. And this is just to help us remember that God keeps his word. Hallelujah. Another prophecy given by Micah in Micah 5.2. But you, O Bethlehem, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in distant past, will come from you on my behalf. Only God could have known and orchestrated the, the, the time and the place and, and the occurrences and, and the how, the where, the when to make it happen just as he had said. Then in Matthew 2, um, 1 through 6, it says, I mean, remember the prophecy, but you, O Bethlehem. What happens? In Matthew chapter 2, Jesus was born in where? Bethlehem. Now, only God could have known what would have taken place during that time, why, they, why in the world they would be in Bethlehem. They had to go. They had a report to their hometown. God foresaw that hundreds of years before and prophesied that the Lord would be born in Bethlehem, not in his hometown. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. During the reign of King Herod, about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star and as it arose, and we have come here to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as everyone was in as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting with the lead priests and teachers of the religious law and asked, Where is this Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said, For this is what the prophet wrote. O you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For the ruler will come from you, who will be the shepherd for my people, Israel. Another fulfillment, a specific fulfillment of God giving his one and only son for you and I. The Savior of the world, who is Christ our Lord. Isn't that exciting? And yet another prophecy fulfilled um, in Psalms 72. We don't often think of Psalms being talking about the Lord's birth, but it is. Psalm 72, verses 10 and 11. It says, And western kings of Tar Tarnish and other distant lands will bring him tribute. The eastern kings of Sheba and Seba will bring him gifts. All kings will bow before him, and all nations will serve him. We know about the kings. God foretold about the kings that this would take place. And then Matthew 2, 9 through 11, it's fulfilled. And the star that they had been seeing in the east guided them to Bethlehem. 
It went ahead of them, and it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy, and they entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened the treasure chests and gave him gifts of God, gifts of God, yeah, gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Hallelujah. I know I'm reading that one out of out of order because the, the shepherds came first, but there's such a fulfillment and such an awesome thing to see that God speaks his word, then he makes it good. Then he watches over it and he performs it. Only God could, you know, when God speaks the word to you, whether it's through the word or through, through a prophecy, um, spoken prophecy, it's not our job to fulfill it. It's not our job to make it good. It's his job. It's like if, if somebody gave you their word, a banker gave you their word to do something, you would expect, if you have faith, that they, they would fulfill that word. And God can be trusted to keep his word. Amen? So yet another prophecy in Psalm 72, starting with verse 9. Um, it says, May the desert nomads bow before him. His enemies will fall before him in the dust. This word was fulfilled when the angels came to visit the shepherds in the fields at night. In Luke 2, I'm going to read from Luke 2, um, verses 8 through 15. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared unto them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find the baby wrapped in snuggly strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, in the highest heaven, and peace on earth and goodwill to whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So once again, Another word of God, another prophecy fulfilled by God. Another time that God says something and hundreds of years later watches over his word and he performs it. So, you know, when I'm thinking about this and meditating on all these prophecies that God has fulfilled and how specific and precise, it kind of makes me excited for the days that we live in. Because every single thing that he has spoken about his birth, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and the return of Jesus. This is one of the fulfillments that we're waiting for. But if we see that God's always watched over his word to perform it, we can get excited. Amen. Because he is going to fulfill his word. Um, Luke 2. 15 through 20 then says, When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord told us about. 
they hurried to the village. They found Mary and Joseph, and there was a holy baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things into her heart and thought about them often. I mean, think about it. She already had this visit from an angel, but as this is all unfolding, every moment, every single prophecy fulfilled must have been astonishing. Do you ever um, see God's word work in your life and you're amazed? Even though you know it's the truth anyway. <laughs> you see him work it out and like his word works, you know. This is the same thing. Mary's like hiding these things in her heart, pondering on them always, just amazed that God's keeping his word. Hallelujah. Mary kept those things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, for it was just as the angel had told them. Just like God said, he watched over his word and he made it good. Hallelujah. That's just a few of the prophecies in the word of God that God has fulfilled and since we're focusing on Jesus' birth, obviously, I'm going to pick those prophecies. But God never lies. God always keeps his word. Let that be a sign unto us <laughs> that the Lord spoke and fulfilled every single one of those prophecies. And I mean, like I said, that's just a few of just the ones of Jesus' birth, let alone his life, his burial, his resurrection. With that being said, we need to be aware and be ready for his return because there's so many words in the word of God that tells us be ready. Be ready. For the king is returning. In Luke 2, when he declares a savior has been born, you know, it's not enough that Jesus died on the cross. You must receive him and what he did for you. It's not enough that he was born to be the savior of the world. You have to believe that he came, that he died, and he rose again. And confess it with your mouth, then you will be saved. You know, God doesn't wish that any one of us would perish. That all of us would come to repentance, that all of us would live to please him because he doesn't want to see any one of us lost. He wants us all to be reunited again in heaven one day. And he saw the destruction um, that the enemy was trying to bring. And we hear this in a song that he sent his son to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. This shall be great joy to all people. The Savior, the one and only way to heaven has been born unto you today. Jesus said, I am the only way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man can come to the Father except through me. And God's no respecter of persons, you know, whether we're here or whether we're in a third world country or whether we're somebody who nobody even knows exists. He doesn't want one of his sheep, one of his children lost. John 3, 16 and 7, he says, 
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever will believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. The second part we, we need to remind ourselves. For God did not come or send his son to come and condemn the world but to save the world through him. Jesus came as a what? A savior. He didn't come to condemn us. He didn't come, uh, come to tell us, you know, oh, you've sinned, you know, get out of here. <laughs> he doesn't wish that anyone would perish, but to save us all. So there's one thing we need to do. We need to realize that God means what he says and says what he means. We need to realize that this prophecy of his return is going to be fulfilled because we see everything else is fulfilled. So we need to be ready for his return. Amen. Hebrews 9. Let's see if I can find it real quick. It says 9.28. So also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. And he will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. We have to be waiting for him. We have to be ready. And it's just, you know, I know it's not a traditional Christmas message, but it's, as we look at the fulfillment of his word, we know that he doesn't lie and we know that one way or another, it's going to happen and it's going to happen just as he said because that's the way he always does things. So we can have assurance that he is returning, but the question is, are you ready for his return? In Romans 10, 9 and 10, he says, you can be saved if you will openly confess the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. It's with the confession of your mouth and the believing in your heart that you're saved. It's not enough just to know and celebrate. The world celebrates Christmas, guys. It's not enough just to know about what Jesus did. It's not enough just to know that God sent his son, for the devil even knows and trembles. But you must believe that he died for you and that he rose again and shed his blood to cover your multitude of sins. And you must accept that and confess him as your Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Nick. Praise God. <clears throat> you know, the, the first prophecy that was revealing the name of Jesus, or the name of God's Son, was Emmanuel. I mean, God could have said a lot of things. He could have said, you know, he's the King of Kings, he's the Great and Mighty One. Um, a lot of things that God could have said when he wanted to reveal the name of who his son was going to be. But he chose the name Emmanuel. 
because Emmanuel means God with us. In other words, God knew what we were going through. He knew our struggles. He knew our hurts. He knew our indifferences. He knew where we were messing up and whatever. But he wanted to still come and be with us. He wanted to get right in the midst of our mess and be touched with the feeling of our infirmity. The very first prophecy of Jesus was that it wasn't a very pleasant one either. It says, you know what? You're going to come out and you're going to get crushed. Something's going to crush your foot. Something's going to damage you. Something's going to hurt you. I'm sending you so you can be hurt. But don't worry about it because in return, you're going to crush whatever it is that hurts you. But see, Jesus knew. He knew what he was getting into. He knew that he had to come down here and he knew it was going to be messy and he knew it was going to be a struggle and he knew he was going to get hurt. But he still came. You know, you ever have a friend that wanted to invite you over and you knew that when you went over there, you know, it was going to cost you? <laughs> this was going to be painful. But you went anyway because you loved that friend. Well, God knew that. And that's why he came. And he didn't want this thing where we're down here and he's up there and there's this million miles of indifference. But he wanted this connection. And, and that's the beautiful thing. When I accepted the Lord in my heart, I couldn't understand exactly what happened. I couldn't explain it. All I knew was that God was a million miles away. And when I asked him to come in my heart, all of a sudden he was right here. That's all, that's all I could say. He was no longer. And, and, you know, for me, growing up, I, I had a bad, <laughs> a bad lifestyle. So I knew God wasn't really happy with me. Like, when I would hear about God or I'd be turning the channels, we had to actually get up when I was young. You had to go to the TV and actually turn this, this dial. And I was turning the dial, and all of a sudden there's Billy Graham, and he's preaching away. And all of a sudden I just shook inside. I'm like, God's mad at me, and I quick turned that. Because it was like if I... If, Billy Graham wasn't on, then God couldn't see me, I guess. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Out of sight, out of mind or something. But I knew God was mad at me. But when I found out that God was more concerned that he wanted to break down the indifference, he wanted to break down that barrier. He's ready to roll up his sleeves. He's ready to get into the struggle with me. He's ready to fight that sin with me. No matter how many times it takes, no matter how many times I've got to cry out to God and pray and ask. He's, he's committed to go all the way to get me to my breakthrough because he loves us that much. So if you don't know him, you can know him. And if you do know him, but maybe there's kind of some barriers that are still hindering you from accepting his love, accepting who he is, accepting what he's done, accepting the fact that he just wants to be with you. 
wants to be with you. Each and every one of us. Emmanuel. God with us. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, say this prayer. Say, Dear Jesus, I thank you so much that you came to this earth in the most humble way, in the most self-sacrificing way, so that you could be with us, with me. And I thank you, Lord, that if you were willing to do that then, you're still willing to do it now. You're still willing to come in our hearts to break down any wall, to break down any barrier, so we could be one. And so, Jesus, I ask to come into my heart, to fill my heart with the love of God, to bring me into a relationship a close relationship with the Heavenly Father. Forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me now in the name of Jesus. And I receive right now the gift, the free gift of eternal life and a right relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen.